Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Squat Cobbler. This is episode COVID-19. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I like it. You know, we do need, when we do these squat on the issues, I feel like we do need some sort of intro music for it to like denote that this is a serious episode. I think you're right. A a much different intro than what we have. There was only someone with some access to music (laughs) equipment that could possibly give us that fine horn fanfare that many news programs start with. (laughs) I think I'm going to get that together this weekend. So anyway, everyone, I am Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on Everything and joining me as always. Hi, everybody. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And before we go any further, this is a great time to tell you to like and subscribe. Something tells me you're going to have some free time on your hands, depending on where you live. So now's a great time. Like, subscribe, check out the back catalog, check out everything we're going to be posting in the coming weeks. I'm excited about this lockdown. How about you, Kelly? We we are here for you. <laughs> we will continue to create content that will feel like a long time. I don't know if it'll take up a long time, but <laughs> we'll do our yeah, part. Let me rephrase that slightly. I'm not excited about the lockdown itself. I'm excited to entertain people while they're going through this. That I can co-sign with. And you know what? This is a squad on the issues. This is a Kelly episode, even though I'm leading. And by Kelly episode, I mean you're probably going to be offended. <laughs> that uh, it's a pretty good chance. There's, there's a bigger one coming, but this I don't know. This one this one has promise. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where this is going to go. We didn't really plan this one out too much. We're just kind of winging it. So some crazy stuff could happen. So Kelly, <laughs> now. For the squatties who don't know, Kelly and I live in different parts of the country. I live in Philadelphia, and Kelly, do you want to tell everyone where you live? Sure. Bloomington, Illinois, center of the state. So we are in different parts of the country, different time zones for for people who are aware that those things exist. Now, Kelly, how is this whole global pandemic affecting you where you are? Well, the uh, largest employer in the area, the large insurance company, has basically asked any of its staff that can work from home to work from home. So there's a lot of people out there. And I found out this was announced while I was at the grocery store (laughs) the day that it was announced. And so thousands of people who were like, well, I've got to go get food for lunch. (laughs) These kinds of things there had descended on the store. And so we've been actually in pretty good shape for most staples. The the magic three of bread, eggs, and milk. You're going to get two out of three at almost any store. Maybe this one doesn't have bread or this one doesn't have eggs, but you're you're doing pretty good there. Toilet paper, on the other hand, that's uh, miles and miles of empty shelves. That That has been the number one consumer item here. And there's even a Kind of a Facebook group set up now where people post, I've each just slipped out a pallet of toilet paper. <laughs> and I just think people converge on it and go in. So it hasn't been too bad. All the restaurants have now closed down for sit-in. You can do drive-in. You can do anything. Obviously, it has a drive-through. And a lot of the restaurants to try and keep things afloat have also said, hey, you can go ahead and order and, and do curbside. Just basically pull up to the front of the restaurant and we'll bring out your food. So we're not really hurting in terms of... A lot of those things beyond toilet paper <laughs> seems to be the one that you want to keep an eye on your stock and uh, stay stay nimble on. But outside of that, uh, it's thrown a kink in us becoming the whole cannabis capital of Illinois. I don't know what kind of plans are going on with that anymore right now from the Mary's had to focus on other things. But uh, overall, not too bad. Why don't you paint a little picture of Philadelphia? And after you get done, if you don't address one item of recent news worthiness, I want to visit with you on it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you bring it up because I'm, I'm curious for 
for your perspective on it. So obviously the big three always go whenever there's even a, a flutter of rain here. The milk bread eggs get bought out instantly the toilet paper thing i really didn't see coming it raises a lot of questions for me because there's there's no toilet paper in this state (laughs) if you if you don't have toilet paper you don't have toilet paper you're looking for toilet paper alternatives at this point brings up a lot of questions especially because coronavirus and i'm not i want everybody to understand it's not that that kelly and i if it seems like we're being funny and telling jokes and things like that i I feel like I can speak for Kelly as well in this. It's not that we're making fun of the situation Uh, as far as an actual virus and people being sick or people losing their lives to this. We're making fun of the ridiculousness of our current world. Is that fair, Kelly? Yeah, that is that is very fair because and I feel comfortable speaking for you here. In that we want everyone to be safe. We want this to get over quick. Uh, we, we want uh, we want things to get under control. But that's probably not going to happen for a while. So outside of encouraging some smart behavior, which I'm sure we'll mention that here and there on this podcast, it is interesting to observe some of the ridiculousness that does go on as well. And the toilet paper thing is at the top of the list for me. Especially because if you look at the side effects related to coronavirus, there's nothing on there that would require an additional amount of toilet paper, which leads me to believe that there were people underusing toilet paper in the surrounding area up until this point. And also the, and I hate to sound like a hipster here, but I've been washing my hands for years. <laughs> the washing your hands and suddenly using toilet paper thing, I think explains a lot <laughs> on how, how these viruses can spread so quickly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I again, I feel comfortable speaking for Kelly here. Pretty sure Kelly's a hand washing, toilet paper using person. I am. Uh, why didn't you say, Kelly, are you a toilet paper guy? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, are you a toilet paper guy? Yes, I, felt I pretty am. Confident. <laughs> and I've been to places where they're not <laughs> toilet paper people or not plumbing people <laughs> in the way that we are. There are a lot of places, especially when we went through Central America and things like that, unless you were staying in one of the few international hotels that were nearby, their plumbing is not like the plumbing we have here. And they do not flush toilet paper. I'm sorry to be gross for, for people who <laughs> this is triggering in some way. Uh, they throw it away in the trash can next to the toilet when they're done using it because their plumbing is not as sturdy as ours and not built for that that type of thing. So, I mean, we do kind of, I guess, take our plumbing situation for granted here, especially after I've always been a toilet paper user. After being through Central America, I don't take it for granted, <laughs> toilet paper, but it is deeply concerning how many people are just jumping on the use toilet paper and wash your hands bandwagon here. Well, I think it may be the one sole useful purpose of Facebook that's left. Do a little fishing around in your your vicinity. Find some local group or something that's going on. There is somebody who has marshaled toilet paper scouts. (laughs) There are people who are all about kind of updating you on on where to go. And uh, uh, that has proved to be kind of handy here. And uh, other than that, in Philadelphia, the, the stores are empty. A lot of the stores now are, are closing. A lot of the businesses are closing or at least 
scaling back their hours dramatically. Unfortunately, this just started happening even as early as this weekend, although a lot of businesses were closing. I am directly across the street from a very large church, a very popular church. Never seen a turnout like that there since we've been at the compound. Not a great idea. And this isn't like a commentary on religion or anything like that. But, you know, you were specifically told prior to the weekend about social distancing and how this can spread. A lot of the clusters that initially started popping up in the U.S. were directly tied to church groups and worship groups because you're getting close proximity people together for a longer period of time. It's not a good idea. But these people were out at church and the bar that's on the other side of the street, which I've never been to, but there's a a pretty popular place on the other side of the street, small little corner bar, but always packed. That was packed more than usual. There was, there was a line of people to get in. I feel like this is the problem and this is, (laughs) this is why it's going to be a while before we really get, really get a handle on this, in my opinion, is because people are just completely ignoring this. Just like the fact that the stores are completely sold out of everything means people were piling into the stores. crawling on top of each other to get that last last roll of toilet paper and then they're wondering why they're sick a day or two later so uh pennsylvania has not have they shut down restaurants yet um not by any mandatory regulation to do that but a lot of the restaurants are shutting down on their own just because of the cost of staying open a lot of places are offering takeout and uber eats particularly in this area and i don't know if this is nationwide so that's why i'm saying in this area uber eats is offering free delivery on a lot of the restaurants now just as a way of working with the businesses and things like that so that's always good i actually ordered um because i was in the office today because in my i'm not going to get into what i do in my real life day job kind of thing but i do work in finance have for a very long period of my life and uh we are apparently considered a a uh, necessary service so we are not allowed to close during this time which is fine i work in an office it's not like i'm out in the public or anything like that but i ordered a veggie burrito from a, a local mexican place because again the prices are great there there's no and i want to support local businesses and things like that but while i was waiting for it to come i was like oh, i'm gonna have to this person was touching my food and they're gonna hand it to me <laughs> so it is a weird situation do you feel odd getting takeout or anything like that right now uh no not really i'm kind of hoping <laughs> that they're they're taking precautions and there are things like so one of the things that i do on occasion uh is there's food bank and pack up stuff to to get to to folks and you know the behavior there has changed uh now where everybody's wearing gloves everybody when they kind of come in initially all the stuff is packaged and you know good to, good to go but uh they're changing protocols to take every step you can to try and protect things and i'm crossing my fingers at our our local establishments <laughs> are following similar types of things. But I, because I'm torn a little bit because I do, there is an additional risk there, but I do want to do things to support these local businesses. And I just feel horrible. Some of my buddies on Instagram and Twitter who work in the service industry, you know, they're waitresses, waiters, uh, et cetera. You know, they're, they're out of job right now because uh, in Illinois, the governor shut down all the bars and all sit down restaurants. So, until the end of March, and it's going to be reconsidered after that. I want to do what I can to support the local folk. But even then, you're not, you know, if your servers are going to have a tough, tough go for a while. 
Yeah, and I, I think not just the businesses that are going to be affected short term and the fact of shutting down, but you are going to see things, particularly probably in the food industry and things like that, where there's definitely going to be long term repercussions, even as life does start to get back to something resembling normalcy here. Yeah. So speaking of normalcy, I want to do do want to talk to you about <laughs> a recent development, and this is this is why again a like and subscribe to this podcast is critical because you can trust Mike and I. <laughs> we we don't have an agenda. We'll just tell you what we think and what we you know what we're seeing and those types of things. Where basically any any news source, pick them. Uh, they got a side, and they're going to basically you know gin up whatever that side is. So when I initially heard the thing I want to ask you about, it was depicted on a more, I would expect, right-wing-leaning outlet to say Philadelphia has announced that they are stopping all arrests for non-serious crimes. So if it was like, there'll be no arrest, period. So it was like, it was being depicted as carte blanche for things including burglary, shoplifting, prostitution, narcotics. And it was like, doors open, go ahead, which seemed like a bad idea to me. (laughs) So as you need to do now for anything you hear in the news to triangulate, and if you had heard it from something that leaned a little bit to one side, get to one of the other sources that leans to the the other side, and then average out the information and you probably find out what the truth is. They have indeed suspended uh, arrests for most of those things, but it's not like, oh, okay, go ahead, see you later. The necessary paperwork gets done, and there will either be a summons or a warrant done later. So they're deferring the arrest, but they also have the option if it's like, it's probably not in the public safety's best interest for this individual to still be cruising around. They can still do an arrest. But it does appear that for non-serious crimes, the door's a little more open, and I didn't know... If that filled up your to-do list at all, Mike, or if you had any thoughts on how has that gone over in Philadelphia? So when I first heard it, I barely finished snorting a line off that hooker's thigh through a stolen $100 bill. But <laughs> I was concerned, as as any as all my fellow right-wing folk are, when they hear that sort of thing. So it it was largely reported, and especially here, as essentially like Philadelphia declaring the purge. That's that's not what it is. The police department has released official statements to make sure they walk back the news reports that have been happening. And again, local media was the absolute worst. They were just like, you're going to get raped and murdered, and the government says that's okay. Um, basically what they're doing and i don't i actually don't really agree with this too much only because i do think people are panicked people are upset there's a lot of things going on and unfortunately you know i i am across from a large church there's a lot of people who are also on seeing this as as a religious thing i know a lot of people see this as a conspiracy theorist would see it as some sort of, you know, weird conspiracy or act of war or anything. And I just feel like people on all sides of this are really on edge. I don't think in this particular instance that, you know, maybe backing down some of the police presence was a great idea. Essentially what they're doing, though, what it really is based on the the official statements that were released today, uh, it's basically a catch and release thing. If it's a nonviolent crime, they arrest you. They take the paperwork and all that, but you are not going to jail right now. You are then released and they are going to come after you later (laughs) when everything. So you're processed, but then released. 
So it's a it's a catch and release <laughs> that they're doing for it. So it's not exactly the way the media has portrayed it to be. I don't know that it's a great idea, though. The only thing in this area in particular that has longer lines than the grocery stores are the gun shops, because there are not many gun shops here. This is a fairly liberal city that I live in in an otherwise sort of right wing farm driven state. I, I This is a, a major liberal city. They're not too many gun shops, but they have lines that are stretching multiple blocks away from their entrances all day and night of people trying to stockpile weapons. So that didn't help. That was already happening before it, they basically said it was the purge here. So I understand where they're coming from as far as allocating resources, not stockpiling people (laughs) and spreading the virus even more unintentionally that way. So I get it. I get where all this is coming from. The way it was handled, though, was ridiculously poor. And I think it's only going to lead to more problems now. What did you think when you saw it, sir? I thought it would be a lot of good news for you. <laughs> Just uh, Mike's got to be happy right now. I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting problem because you do get into this idea of social distancing is a little hard to accomplish in a prison. How much do you want to add? How many other people do you want to put at risk of that? Because I can't think of possibly many worse situations there where you've got, I mean, very precious little kind of space uh, to, to distance yourself from. So I think from the overall society standpoint, not to... Continuing to pile people on top of each other seems like a good idea. I just, uh, you know, Mike's a big sportsman. We all know that. And I'm thinking if, even if you were doing catch and release as a fisherman, which I know you're, you're a big fisherman, Mike, you know, if you caught the same fish about five times in a row, you might be reluctant to throw it back in one more time. And so, but I think that kind of judgment's going to apply. I think that uh, they'll go forward. But I, you know, I was originally extremely concerned about it because, again, we have a very hard time getting the whole picture painted by anyone these days. The initial version I heard was super scary, which was like, these don't count anymore. You're good. And I said, no, yeah, basically it was right. the way that it was reported on our local news was essentially like, unless you murdered somebody, you can't go to jail. That was kind of kind of the way that they reported it, which, again, has prompted official statements to be released now from the police department that, no, people are being arrested. They're just not being held at this point. They're going to issue they're going to release them and then issue bench warrants for them. So they're they'll be (laughs) taken back in at a later date to to face whatever it is that they're going to face for those actions, excluding any sort of violent crime. They will be taken in and, and processed as usual. The way that this was handled, though, is just laughably terrible the way that I feel like a lot of things are handled in our country anymore though. So it's on par if that makes sense. (laughs) But I, I do think again, this is, and this isn't me picking on liberals or conservatives. We live in a, this is a pretty conservative state overall, very salt of the earth farm type people. And then a super liberal, very expensive city that's popped right in the middle of it. And not everybody loves that. (laughs) I was raised by deranged hillbillies from a slasher movie. So I was, and this isn't a joke. This is totally real. Um, as four, maybe by five, I was shooting guns. So maybe three or four, I was being introduced to that. By five, I was shooting guns. By seven, maybe, I had my own membership to a shooting range. Shortly after that was hunting and things like that. Uh, Knife training (laughs) was a big thing. So this is not reflective of what happens in this city. It is of the state, but not in this city. So it concerns me, and I'm not an anti 
like that's overkill. That's ridiculous. But I'm not an anti-gun person by any stretch of the imagination. I do support people's right to, to own guns if that's what they choose. I do get concerned when people who were anti-gun until last week <laughs> go out and buy guns that they maybe don't understand how to use or maybe don't have a genuine appreciation of how serious the repercussions of using that can be. Does that make sense? It does. I had an opportunity to record a nurture and support with our good friend Mel here recently, and we touched briefly, not this, not to the same hard-hitting, detailed level that Mike and I are covering this issue, but we touched on it briefly and Mel's in Texas and you know, all the, the big three we talked about staples. She's having a super hard time getting those toilet paper is a big problem obviously as well, but she goes, the big sales right now are guns and beer, <laughs> which is not good news. <laughs> and, uh, and Texas, which I thought everyone already had a gun, but apparently not. So they're going through. So yeah, the whole ramp up of gun sales is a little disconcerting. Right. And again, I want to be for the more conservative leaning people listening to this. I'm not anti-gun. I'm a gun owner. So for anybody who, who is curious about that, I am a gun owner. I'm pro gun. What concerns me is when you see these rushes of people to buy guns, these are not people who are familiar with how to properly use firearms and anything like that. And that creates a safety issue for all of us. You a gun guy, Kelly? I, w- I am the I am the seed of a gun guy, a big gun guy. <laughs> my, my my dad had quite the arsenal, not uh, heavy, not magazine guns, but he he had a large number. He, w- he did a little bit of hunting, but he had a, a number of guns. Part of it was he was a small business owner for a while, a sporting goods store, and so just for... Um, personal safety on the store uh that was that was a thing i'm not an anti-gun guy i don't i don't actually have one in the house currently and i'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> be uh joining the surge i'm not gonna impulse buy uh one during this time here i certainly don't have anything against them i just back to the seriousness of it you've got to you've got to really be on the ball and really know what you're doing if you're gonna have a firearm in your house and had, uh, there's a period of time where that really wouldn't have made sense for my household and now it's just probably, I think it's probably safer for me <laughs> if I don't. Uh, so, but I'm not, I'm certainly not an anti, uh, anti-gun uh, either beyond the fact of there's precious few of us that need high volume bazooka-like weaponry <laughs> in our home. But that's just me. And I'm even, so I'm even pro that. Get whatever you'd like. If you're a responsible individual and it is a safe space for those things to exist in, great. What worries me is that I don't think those people standing in line are responsible individuals. True, but I would counter there aren't probably too many bazooka safe spaces, <laughs> you know, if that I can think of. I don't know. I would disagree with that. <laughs> Going out on a limb. <laughs> ah, liberal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got to ask, have you yet hooked up, since you have quite the... Uh, stereo setup, uh, music setup there. Have you pondered at all setting up some of your louder speakers into your window and playing some of the musical themes from The Purge just to kind of blast the neighborhood with them to freak your neighbors out? <laughs> um, that's a good idea. I've seen a lot of the videos of of different people, especially uh, looks like a lot of them are from Italy, people singing from their windows and things like that. And then there's a great video. I don't know if it was Italy, but there's a great video of a guy playing Slayer's Rain and Blood. (laughs) 
and his on his guitar from his window, which I thought was great. If we can find that clip, that would be awesome for the blog post for it. I know a lot of bands are announcing that they're going to do, you know, Q and A's or, or maybe like webcast performances and things like that. And that's something that I think is great. And I mean, even if it's bands I don't like, I think that's a great thing to support. Just kind of keep live music going, keep people inside, keep people entertained and not hurting themselves or anyone else. So that's something that not only can I get behind, I think it helps everybody when something like that happens because it's good for the bands. It's good for the people who need a distraction from the more serious issues going on in the world. I personally, uh, on on a slightly more serious note, would like to do that. I I'm not prepared to this second, but I think with some of the, the extra time I may have on my hands coming up and again, in my, my day job will not be closing, but I, I don't think I'll be working as many hours as I was before. I can see getting something like that together myself here and maybe doing some sort of a ambient webcast show or something like that in the near future. I think that'd be, that'd be awesome. I think it's a great idea. And I think it's a really great idea of the bands that are trying to create that alternative. I was super fired up to go see the who in Las Vegas. Vegas in May, uh, and I was on the cusp of locking everything down uh, to get the travel and the hotel and all that lined up. And I'm, I'm at least gonna wait till we clear March and see how things look. But it's looking bleaker and bleaker now. They haven't canceled that part. They canceled all their their UK dates, which predated. They they went all the way through April. Uh, but we'll wait. We'll wait and see on that. But I have heard, and I saw it on the internet, so I know it's true. There's one band out there who is hoarding to- toilet paper. And of course, that band is Hanson. <laughs> for a second, I had no idea where that was going. There's only one place those things are going to go. That is great. And if anyone doesn't know, our war with Hanson continues completely unabated by the pandemic. That's right. There are some things that are too important to stop. <laughs> and that is one of them. And our friends in Psychotica, they have a song called Pandemic. <laughs> Speaking of the the musical aspect of this, I've been listening to that particular song. I've always liked that song, but I've been listening to that particular song a lot more lately. But I feel like that's something I can't share with others. I mean, talk about it, but I can't like just put that on at the office. I feel like it won't go over that well. Yeah, I was in Target the other day and the kind of the game section and they have all the, you know, all the different exploding cats and all those different kinds of games there. And there's, there was one there at the bottom that was called Pandemic. <laughs> and I was like, had a lot of those in stock. Doesn't seem to be a big seller right now. Has not aged well, but I mean, who knew uh, we'd be where we're at. But it wouldn't be a squat on the issues if we didn't get into territory that's guaranteed to tick somebody off. So what do you think about calling this the Chinese flu, Mike? <laughs> I'm surprised that's where we went with it. In this show, I mean, I'm not surprised that's where it's gone. Doesn't surprise me at all. I, I feel like there's a thing that happens, and I'm sure people who are a lot smarter than me can point to all sort of historical <laughs> instances where we felt the need to point a finger at a particular group of people and taken out our frustrations on them. And there's no shortage of ones that just spring to my mind. And like I said, there's people a lot smarter than me who can come up with a lot better examples than I could. So I'm not even going to start a list there with that, but I've seen it myself. So one of the apartment buildings I was in, we had a fire and the fire was actually caused by a lightning strike. 
on the roof of the building. The fire department came and it was a giant industrial building that was converted into apartments in like the 80s maybe. But the building was built in like the 50s. It was like a factory or something like that. It was these really large apartments and a big building. And we had an issue right around that time where there was a lot of older people there who had moved in when the building had first opened and were locked into their rent so they didn't go anywhere. So they were still playing that like 1980s rent in a building that had, there were apartments that were, you know, in the three to $4,000 a month range there, which depending on where you are, that might sound exorbitant or small. <laughs> I don't know. But for here, that's a lot. A typical decent sized apartment in Philadelphia might be like a thousand to give you perspective on that. So there were a lot of older people there who were started pulling the fire alarm if one of the neighbors was, you know, cooking something <laughs> that smelled too strong or anything like that. So this night when there was the lightning strike that hit the roof, we had, I don't know what it's called because I don't know anything <laughs> about building or construction or anything. But you know, those roofs on like industrial buildings where they have the stones on the top of the flat roof. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know what that's called. <laughs> um, but apparently, so the lightning hit it and it didn't initially catch fire, but there were like embers that had gone underneath the stones. So the fire department made a very brief cursory walk around the building and left thinking it was just another old person pulling the the alarm over the next couple hours that started to smolder broke through into the building and because it's an old building there's a lot of old stuff in there it very quickly spread and took down half of the building the building was shaped like a giant u so it took down one of the, <laughs> the wings of the building the one that i lived on immediately like it, and again it was it was lightning strike and the fire department unfortunately didn't do their job. And it became a big news story around here because there was a lot of lawsuits and things like that that ended up stemming from this. No one was hurt, thankfully, but there were fingers pointed at the fire department lawsuits and things like that. However, very quick from the people who were understandably scared, the story very quickly evolved into it was faulty washer or dryer to somebody did it cooking. It was a cooking accident to it was like a meth lab <laughs> to there. There was... There was a police officer there who lived in the building who had, according to some people, lived there a somewhat sketchy background at some point. So stories started to be concocted about him and drugs and different things like that. And within hours, like there was a set form story that at least half of the people there believed that this is what happened and were ready to, you know, lynch mob style attack this guy for a lightning strike. Something that was, you know, complete air quotes, act of God kind of thing that there was nothing anyone could have, could have done as far as the lightning strike went. And then the mishandling of it by the fire department, but the fear and the not wanting to accept. And I, I think a lot of the fear in these kind of situations is not wanting to accept that you're not in control, that there isn't one person that you can point a finger at. And I think that that helps these sort of things spread. So I'm not surprised. I'm more surprised we weren't immediately like China did this to us personally. <laughs> made it all about us as a country it's only affecting us <laughs> even though we're one of the you know compared to a lot of places in europe barely touched compared to them but yeah i'm not surprised by it you yeah so it i mean so there's been an evolution on it and we have this i mean it's back to the sides that are out there and there's one side that kind of leans far overspins things one way another group overspins things the other way in my opinion but when, you know, it started out initially being called the Wuhan flu, uh, and then all of a sudden that became, well, it's racist to say that. And and I get, I mean, so seeing some of the consequences of it to say that there are, you know, there are actual cases right now of, of folks of Chinese descent getting harassed, which is just, 
beyond stupid uh, that that's happening. But the idea, at least, I mean, if Wuhan was where it was started, <laughs> you know, that I don't think that that's in I don't think someone using that phraseology was necessarily being racist. I think once you start to go into it, we're going to call it the Chinese slew, then I think you're starting to edge in the territory to say, I want to lay this on somebody and here's where we're going to do it. It wasn't like the folks in Wuhan were saying, we need, you know, the, the viruses we have today aren't good enough. Let's find a better one and make it. <laughs> uh, and so... You know, there's, you know, back to the act of God type of thing. This is, this is not an act of it, you know, my opinion, uh, not an act of anyone beyond. It's just, that's kind of what happens in nature, unfortunately, is that occasionally one of these things comes along and we got to deal with it. While I don't necessarily, particularly for Wuhan flu, I'm a little less sure of this for when people call it Chinese flu. I don't think in and of itself is someone's coming from a racist point of view, but it may not be racist, but it's absolutely not necessary. Call, I mean, call the darn thing what it is. It's COVID-19. That's a very good thing to call it. And then you don't have any of that problem anymore. But it is, you know, when these things start to happen and people are feeling pain and their life is changing and they're scared and they're concerned, the natural tendency is, well, let's, let's figure out who the bad guy is because we want to direct some stuff at them. Uh, and uh, so I, uh, I, I will stick with COVID-19 for me to refer to the virus because that's the most accurate and doesn't bring any necessary baggage with it. I did want to go back to, we, we're just, we're, we're, uh, not as cool as other countries <laughs> in that I cannot for the life of me ever imagine, Hey, here's some footage from the United States of a bunch of neighbors singing to each other to lift their spirits. I thought that was the most kind of cool thing. I mean, it's really tough from what I can tell in Italy right now. And for these folks, part of their response to be singing, to kind of try and cheer each other up and raise spirits. I think it's charming. I think it's awesome. I think it's like a wonderful slice of humanity. And it's something that would never, in my opinion, ever happen in the United States. No. We'll no. Be- I mean, I think you'll, you'll see bands and things. You do, you know, uh, Dropkick Murphys did a, a YouTube show on St. Patrick's Day and other bands are planning things. I intend on doing some sort of an ambient set or something like that for people. So, I mean, I think you're going to see that in, but that's more of a, a formal thing. Like I can't imagine people just getting together and singing songs off, <laughs> off their balcony to each other. So, so one of, one of my childhood memories from early grade school, I mostly went to religious schools. I went to a lot of schools. <laughs> I did. I did it. My first tour was of all the schools in Philadelphia. I went to a lot of schools, but mostly religious schools. And I remember uh, the one school in particular, we would do these air quotes, charity walks. I, I believe the charity was the school, but we would do these like charity walks where we'd, they'd have the kids walk like the perimeter of the school, like a few blocks away and back. And, you know, your family was all supposed to chip in a few dollars for each kid or whatever to like sponsor them on this walk. It's basically just giving money to the school. But I was pretty young. It was, I went there for first grade, went somewhere else for second grade and then came back there on third grade. So <laughs> it was probably third grade. I remember we were walking and we walked past two older gentlemen who were arguing over a parking space. And then on the way back, and we were little kids, so like even though this was like not even half a mile, you know, this was a handful of blocks. This took a while to to wrangle, you know, a hundred little kids or whatever to do this. On the way back, the two older gentlemen, and when I say older, probably sixties. On our way back, and to a little kid, you know, near death, looking at these people. On our way back, one of them pulled out a gun and shot the other one over the parking space. I can't imagine people <laughs> coming together here <laughs> and singing 
to uplift each other. I can see a world where the people come together to listen to Squat Cobbler. <laughs> that's <laughs> absolutely that's totally doable. And like and subscribe. And on that note, uh, any other keen insights? Uh, I mean, we'd love to he- hear. Love is probably too strong a word for this. We would be very interested in hearing from the folks in the in the comment section uh, of this uh, for this podcast how things are going for you. What's what's kind of okay? Where are things getting a little spooky? Uh, what what do you think? What are some ways you think we can kind of help each other out as we kind of try and get through this together? So any any comments or commentary would be great. I just I'm on a comment high here because our um, our review of Bongo Fury uh, somebody commented on it on YouTube and we're used to certain kind of comments on YouTube on our stuff, but whoever this guy is, he's he knows his Zappa and Beefheart huge. It's a it's a multi paragraph breakdown of every place where you and I were scratching our head about well, was this part studio or this part this or that and was this a Beefheart centric one or whatever he just lays it out oh it's a tremendous it's a great amount of information worth it nice. right there and so I'm I'm uplifted you know uh, <laughs> versus some of our early comments uh, that we received and so hopeful that hope somebody comes across uh, this video and we can kind of hear from them a little bit of how it's going. Uh, what uh, uh, what they think we could kind of do to help each other out and just kind of continue to see what's happening kind of across the country here because it's an interesting time. Absolutely. And on that note, I, I would say, you know, hope everyone is safe. Like, subscribe, comment, and wash your hands, you disgusting inbred pig fuckers. Mike continues to compliment the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop the broadcast.